welcome to the Spiritual Awakenings podcast. I'm David Lorimer, co-editor of a new book, Spiritual Awakenings, Scientists and Academics Describe Their Experiences. It's published by the Academy for the Advancement of Post-Materialist Sciences and is available in paperback and Kindle editions. In this series of weekly podcasts, we'll be sharing the 57 original essays together with introductions and epilogue from my co-editor, Professor Marjorie Willicott. We hope you enjoy them. Epiphanies Extraordinary and Everyday by Etzel Cardinia Read by Martin Redfern I call this little essay Epiphanies Extraordinary and Everyday because revelations of the exuberance of being have manifested themselves in a variety of circumstances throughout my life, from extraordinary events in my past to the everyday miracles shared with my wife and three-year-old son. As to the first, training in ritual experimental theatre gave me two major insights that changed my life. The first one was gradual. Up to that point, I had been a very cerebral person, whose intellectual precocity, e.g. I gave a lecture as a 13-year-old in Mexico's Museum of Anthropology, overweighed a disconnection with my body, which I took mostly as a clumsy vehicle for my ideas and feelings. Becoming a member of Mexico's National University Talada Investigación Central, which has been going on strong for decades, changed that. Our psychophysical exercises challenged our inhibitions and limitations, from running to exhaustion and past it while remaining present, through touching others and being touched by them for the sheer experience of contact, to exercising balance while trying to climb a loose piece of wood that might fall down and hurt me if I lost focus. As time passed, I noticed that instead of my thoughts being intermediaries between an impulse or a perception and an action, I could increasingly act immediately in an organic, unmeditated way. Gradually, I started feeling more and more at vibrant home in my body. There were also jolting events. One of them occurred in the very old skirts of a volcano outside of Mexico City, the Ajusco. The group leaders, Nicolas Nunez and Elena Gardia, took us to climb it during sunset, perhaps as a recreation of the symbolic novel Mount Analogue. I recall that some members smoked a bit of pot before ascending, but I was at that time reluctant to try any substance that might affect me. As we were about to start the climb, a sense of harmony within my body and within the volcano overtook me. I took off all my clothes, which I experienced as hindrances, and started climbing, my mind silent, letting my body move as it saw fit, with an agility and speed that I would have thought of as impossible, at least for me. I recall that some members of the group told me that I should put my clothes and shoes back on, or I would get sick. I responded that as long as I was in the state I was, nothing bad would happen to me, which is exactly what happened, or not happened if you will. Later on, I read about the concept of body wisdom, 
sometimes expounded by people who seemed to be alienated from their bodies, as could be, but that afternoon, and a few other times, I lived that concept as my bare feet moved around sticks and stones with exquisite flowing precision, without being bothered by the cold, until I came back down and started interacting with my friends and experiencing matters as usual. There was another experience while performing a play in which the boundaries of the inner and outer erased, this time in an explosive way. Some actor friends and I prepared a performed invocation of the devil, using a text that actually had very little to do with it. I recall two moments very distinctly. In the first, I, playing a magician, was rehearsing with my best friend, who played the devil. During an improvisation, he seemed to be taken over by evil and grabbed a poker, lifting it to strike me. At that moment, I was not sure whether he would go ahead and attack me. I never found out, because at that precise moment, the phone rang, breaking the spell. To complicate matters, there was no one at the other end of the line. Was I, or we, somehow affecting the circumstances to break a dangerous moment? I cannot be sure. The second moment occurred during the actual performance of the play in front of an audience. I was holding a large mirror to see the arrival of the devil into a drawn-up pentagram, because we thought that it would be too dangerous for me to see him directly. Suddenly, without any reason I can think of, the mirror broke, and one big sliver entered my hand. I bled profusely, but felt no pain as I continued the performance. It was one of the most intense moments I have experienced, and I could not explain then my lack of pain, nor, considerably more challenging, how the mirror could have been broken. It had been as though my body, not through imagery, despite researching hypnosis, and the most traumatic transgressions of consensual views of reality have occurred in my life. At that time, I was also studying clinical psychology in the university and sought in vain for anything that my discipline could tell me about the alterations of consciousness and ostensible direct mind-matter interactions I had lived. Thus, I left Mexico to study with the world's foremost authority in altered states of consciousness, Charles Tart, and built a career seeking to integrate into the scientific mainstream research and theory alterations of consciousness and ostensible psi phenomena. As for the Quetodian epiphanies swirling in my life now, it would take far more than the space allotted for this essay to try to do them minimal justice. And, then again, I prefer to keep them personal and intimate. Suffice it to say that moments of eternity and blessedness have imbued me since being one with Sophie and our radiant little Leon. Thanks so much for downloading the Spiritual Awakenings podcast. Do join us for the next episode.